Hi, everyone. It's your host of Dear Founder, Lindsay Pinchuk. If your May is mayhem too, you'll understand that this week I'm taking a brief hiatus from airing new episodes and I'm sharing some of my favorite episodes from the first few months of Dear Founder. Earlier this week, I shared the story of Gloss Lab from founder Rachel Apfel-Glass, an episode that I aired within the first month of starting this podcast. And in the last 18 months, Rachel went from two locations of her Hygiene First membership-based nail salon to over 26 nationwide. And today, we're sharing another story of a brand that continues to grow and a story that I just love so much from a founder who I love even more. Sally Miller is the co-founder of Womanist, a brand that is changing the conversation surrounding menopause. Sally's background is incredibly impressive. When I describe Sally to others, I like to tell them, Sally was on the team that made Target cool again. Remember Missoni at Target? She was part of that collaboration and getting it off the ground. And if you remember, like I remember, the lines were out the door at Target and around the corner and everything was gone by 9.15 a.m. local time. But since Sally and I had our first conversation, Womanist has been picked up nationwide by Ulta. They went on tour to spread their message, and they continue to do so through their community-focused efforts. And in addition to changing the conversation around menopause, according to a recent article in Women's Wear Daily, Womanist founders Sally Miller, who, you're, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, and Michelle Jacobs set out to start their brand's third fundraise a little bit differently. They're working with three L.A.-based investors, Carol Chang, Annie Bellinger, and Ellen Chen, to form a special purpose vehicle. By doing this, women of all ages and investor experience have been able to come to the cap table with checks ranging from $5,000 to $50,000, ultimately raising Womanist $1 million, and the brand is still raising. Womanist aims to create a community full of inspired women who embrace mental positivity, This is a story that I love because it is one that is rooted in what I believe is a brand's greatest asset, their community. So please come on in and hear the amazing story of Womanist from co-founder Sally Miller. And don't forget to tune in next week. We'll be back with all new episodes from some of the most amazing female founders that you've heard from yet. Stay tuned. Have a great rest of the week and a nice holiday weekend. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before I introduce you to today's amazing guest, I want to give you a little sneak peek about something I have coming up. Following my last workshop in March, many of you told me that you wanted a program with more information, more how-to instruction for 
growing the awareness of your business and building your community and more time with me. So I reworked the program and I'm excited to launch Big Impact Marketing for Small Business with little to no budget. This 12-week program is a combination of live weekly trainings, the same trainings that I do with my one-on-one clients, but with me in a group setting and therefore at a fraction of the price. But you will also get three one-on-one coaching sessions with me during the 12 weeks in order to make sure that you're on track to meet and exceed all of the goals that you set forth for you in this program. This is a program I designed to save you the five years it took me to figure out how to grow my business to seven figures. You'll learn what to do, what not to do in order to catapult your business to new heights. These are the same strategies and techniques that I use when developing my first company and now the ones that I'm using to create my second one at a fraction of the time because I know how to do it. They're also the same strategies and tactics I use with so many of my clients. You can click the link in my show notes for more info. Space is definitely limited as this is the first time I'm running this program and I want to make sure to set up an awesome, intimate environment to make sure that everyone's questions are answered and that we are all finding the success that we're looking for. If you like what you're hearing on the Dear Founder podcast, please make sure to take out your phone and leave a five-star rating or review to let others know. You have no idea how much I would appreciate it. Today's guest, Sally Miller, is simply incredible. Not only did she reinvent herself not once but twice, she did it later in life. She's also responsible for some of the brands that you know best from one of our favorite retailers, Target. Today, she's responsible for creating a movement surrounding women's health topics, and I promise you are going to want to stick around for this. As the co-founder and CEO of Womanist, Sally, who is 57, is a consummate business builder specializing in retail and brand innovation. Her trend forecasting Midas Touch has benefited companies such as Target, Who What Wear, and Versed Skincare, among others. She's a seasoned executive with impeccable entrepreneurial acumen. Sally spent over two decades of her career at the Target Corporation, first in apparel merchandising and then in marketing, helping to build the bullseye from a regional discount retailer into one of the world's most recognized and influential global brands. She developed and implemented Target's designer program and Design for All platform, transforming the regional discount retailer into a global phenomenon. And yes, I asked her in today's episode if she was around when Missoni dropped, and you'll have to tune in to find out the answer. Sally went on to launch her own company, Wise Branding, after she left Target, where she formed a licensing relationship with Who, What, Wear and successfully launched the consumer products line in Target stores and ultimately achieved international distribution. She was then named Chief Brand Officer for Click Brands, overseeing their consumer brand division, where she launched Joy Lab at Target, you know the athleisure brand that we all know and love, incubated Verse Skincare, and expanded Who What Wear internationally. Sally's Encore is creating a revolutionary consumer hit with the introduction of Womanist, direct-to-consumer launching in March 2021 and Target launching shortly thereafter in April. It is a brand that is changing the conversation around menopause through innovative products that offer solutions from head to toe and everything in between. Womanist provides trusted advice on symptoms from hot flashes to sleep issues to fine lines and support from an inspired community of women who exude menopositivity. 
a dynamic, joyful outlook that embraces who we are today. Come on in and meet Sally Miller. So today on Dear Founder, we have a very special guest. We have Sally Miller, who is the co-founder of Womanist. And I love Sally's story and I can't wait for her to share it. But Sally founded this company later in life for women who are later in life. And she has a whole host of incredible credentials building brands behind her. And oddly enough, we probably overlapped at one point when I was working at with Target in the baby space mm-hmm. and she was managing baby at Target. But I, I welcome to Dear Founder, Sally. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Lindsay. It's so fun to be here. And I can't wait to hear your story. I feel like you have so much amazing wisdom to impart on everyone. When I read your bio, I was like, Lord, and I read your bio after I agreed to this. So, you know, so I just, I I loved your company. I loved what you were doing. And I really wanted to bring someone in here who started something later and who started Mm -hmm. something later for themselves, essentially, is what I'm guessing. Absolutely. And I've started later twice. So share your story. Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My mom left student teaching. She was like a grade school teacher and she opened Merle Norman Cosmetics Studios. And many people don't know Merle Norman was kind of a a very, very well-respected. It's still in existence, but it's a basically a line of beauty products and they have studios throughout the United States. And it was very uh, popular, I would say in the seventies and eighties. And she had four studios and I actually worked for her in high school and college. And that process left me just with such an appreciation for women and, you know, what the impact beauty can have on women. Right. Because I felt like I was always helping women feel better from the inside out. So it was a really, really great experience. Um, didn't realize that, you know, that would come back and, and really be part of womaness as it is today. Uh, but after college, I started at Target as an entry-level executive, literally like five days after I graduated from wow. University of Wisconsin-Madison. And God forbid I'd take a break, <laughs> but I started because they wanted me to be in the training program. And it was um, a merchandising role. And I was placed in the girls fashion area, which I thought was just incredible. It was really a fun area. It's a very trendy, you know, it's apparel. It's very trendy fashion. Um, I always used to say, you know, one minute denim skirts were hot. The next minute denim skirts were dogs. Like (laughs) this girl was so fickle. I mean, it's like an eight-year-old girl, right? So she's just really fleeting. I have an eight-year-old girl. Oh, good. So you can relate. Yes. (laughs) So Um, retail got in my blood through that whole experience. And I just loved not only the trend forecasting part of retail, but even the financial side, you know, predicting how much to buy and, 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 you know, making sure that the stores were in stock. It was, it was really, really fun. It's basically, you know, such a great exercise of left brain and right brain. Yeah. So loved it so much. And about 10 years into merchandising, I decided that I wanted to join the marketing team at Target. So I, you know, the marketing um, time 
you know, or team at Target was doing some really interesting things. This is like the late Mm -hmm. nineties. They were starting to kind of dabble with designers. Michael Graves uh, launched at Target at that point. It's like when Target became really cool. Exactly. So it just started this kind of, I call it the retail revolution and joined the marketing area. And I was responsible for all apparel marketing and even brand level marketing. And it was a very small team back then. And I was able to wear so many hats and, you know, started working on blowing out and really, you know, developing this, this designer program. And so were you there during the Missoni crazy? Yes. Yes, I, I was. Mean, I had actually out the stores and I had actually just left Target at that point, but um, really helped get all of the deal in place, um, which took many, many years to get I that done. I just remember that was insanity. Yeah, it was, it was like 12 seconds and it was sold out. Mm-hmm. So um, had a great run in marketing that lasted over 12 years um, and, you know, brought in yeah, several designers and I think really helped put Target on the map for like affordable chic and affordable design. Yeah. And um, just felt like it was, it was such, it was such an exciting time to be there. Um, But I was turning 45 and I thought, you know, either I take a right turn with my career at this point, or I just, you know, I continue through, you know, thriving at Target. And I thought, why not take all my entrepreneurial experience and my network and really start my own business? So I took a huge leap, a huge risk. At the time, I knew it was a little scary. Now, looking back, I can't believe I did it. Uh, but I had a lot of support from my family and I started my business. I mean, literally left Target on a Friday and started my business on Monday. And my business was all about helping develop brands and, and really pitch them to retailers like Target or Kohl's or I knew the inside scoop, but I really liked the brand building side of the business. And I thought, you know, why not help retailers Um, because so many retailers wanted to, you know, take a a chapter out of the Target playbook. So I did that for about um, 10 years. And in that process helped take Who, What, Where, which is an incredible fashion company, really known for media. It was a media company and approached um, Catherine and Hillary, the two founders about taking in podcast. Yeah, it was so fun taking, you know, a media brand and extending it into product. And we all decided to join forces and do that. And we were successful at launching it at Target. Um, And it's still at Target today. So really, really great experience doing that. And then I helped create Versed, which is a clean skincare brand um, doing extremely well at, you know, it's at Target and, and elsewhere. And so I learned a lot about even developing a beauty, you know, it was a skincare line and how to develop, you know, clean formulations and how to wrap, you know, Versed is known for education as well. So Womanist really came about um, in that whole journey. I was like traveling every week, coast to coast, um, kind of burning, you know, the candle at both ends. My kids were in high school and college, and I was really ignoring my own health. I knew that I was in menopause, but I didn't know what I was experiencing because I was really experiencing a lot of different symptoms, but I didn't ever connect those symptoms to menopause. And so I decided to 
started to really invest in my own health. And I, I said, you know what, I am, I'm going to sign up for a two-day physical at Mayo Clinic. It's not too far from my house and it's affordable. Why not go to the very best um, doctor? And I, I didn't have anything life-threatening per se, but I wanted to really get the right answers. And they have a really renowned women's health center there. And I found myself in this great conversation with a female doctor. And she basically reassured me that what I was experiencing was related to menopause. She confirmed that. And she really made me feel like I wasn't alone. You know, there's so many women that are going through similar things. And you know, these are things like sleepless nights, um, you know, night sweats, um, you know, mood changes, um, you know, vaginal dryness. No one talks about how your skin changes during menopause and not just your facial skin, but your skin all over your body, even your intimate skin. So it just leads to a whole host of, of issues. And she was really reassuring, um, come to find out, um, it, that's a rare. It's rare to have a doctor that's so understanding and so knowledgeable about menopause. Um, so many women really have issues with that. But I was lucky that I felt like I could trust this woman. Um, and she recommended that I try some products that were available on Amazon. So I went home that night to check out the products. And I remember my husband sitting in the kitchen like, are you going to buy them? And I said, no way am I buying any of these products. The names of the products seemed very outdated. The formulations didn't seem to be made with clean, like clean mm -hmm. formulations. And the packaging had not been touched in decades. It all looked like it had been designed by men. Mm -hmm. And they probably was. Right, exactly. And I thought, I said to my husband, no, I'm not going to buy these products. And I remember how disappointed he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why am I not tackling this space for women like me? And he said, no, that's probably a really good idea. So that was really my aha moment of thinking, I need to tackle this space. I mean, here I'm, you know, helping to create brands for a lot of millennials, but not for women like me. And there must be a lot of women like me out there. So I started doing research and found that there were 50 million women going through menopause at any given time. And it's a long period. You can be in perimenopause, which is, you know, kind of premenopause for four to eight years. And then menopause, once you're through peri and you don't have a period for 12 months, then you're technically in menopause. And that can, that's really the third of your life is spent right. in menopause. So that was really to answer your question. I mean, that's really my journey, 35 years that led up to womanist. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, 
Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. I have so many questions, obviously. Okay. But before I get into them, what what are the products that Womanist has, and what is the what what are the pro- like the problems that all of these products are solving? Yeah. So we started. Um, Michelle, my co-founder, and I really wanted to tackle the major symptoms of menopause. So we did a lot of research at the beginning because when you think of menopause, you usually just think of hot flashes, and that is. A really, you know, it's it's part of it, but it's not the only, there's like 48 symptoms. So we decided to tackle the major symptoms that we felt we could be really legitimate in, you know, because things like hair loss is a big symptom, but we didn't feel like at least right now we can have a solve for hair loss. And so changing skin because of the drop in estrogen is definitely a huge, you know, symptom that every woman experiences hot flashes for sure. Night sweats. Um, you know, a lot of women because of the change in estrogen really experience, um, you know, hot flashes and night sweats, um, libido loss or their, you know, loss of libido, um, mood and brain fog is another symptom that we felt that we could address. Um, light leaks. A lot of women experience like slight incontinence, you know, like, you know, they've had, you're making, maybe they're, you're making me so excited for this. Moment no, in my life. we don't I'm want it to be, Oh, I'm I'll get to the positive <laughs> side of it. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, the sexual wellness desire we chose to tackle changing skin. And then through our supplements, we tackled sleep, um, mood, brain fog, hot flashes, night sweats, and then the change of hair, skin and nails, you know, cause you're, yeah. Again, your estrogen really affects that. Um, so that's, you know, we we started with 13 products and we knew, you know, we wanted to have some really, really hero products. And it's really come to fruition, those products that we said we're really going to get behind. Um, so one of them is Let's Neck, which is our neck and decollete serum with the rollerball. Um and it's, it's really popular because so many people, you know, think about their necks constantly, especially, you know, now with tech neck right? <laughs> too, it's just, it really, it shows, you know, we don't take care of our neck. Many of us were in the sun, so we have sun damage. So that's been a really, really strong item. And we, you know, I'll get into some of the ingredients that we chose as well um, in a minute, but the works is our body cream, which is really, really known for. Um, in nourishing and hydrating all your, your entire, you know, body skin, because your skin changes all over your body, not just your facial skin. So we wanted a really, really incredible rich moisturizer that didn't feel, you know, dried quickly. Yeah. So it absorbed, but dried quickly. So you can get dressed pretty quickly. Um, So those are two really most well-known skincare items. And then we have a supplement called Nino Pause because at Womanist, we don't believe in the pause. So we 
we created, um, I love you know, that. some fun names of our products too. So menopause is a very serious supplement. Actually, we used Pycnogenol, which is um, French maritime tree bark. It's got 10 years of clinical studies um, really around um, hot flashes and night sweats in particular, but also a little bit with libido. So really, it's, it's really known for blood circulation. It's a really, really great um, ingredient. So that's our hero ingredient in menopause. And then we have a daily V soothe, which is vaginal moisturizer. It's a water-based with hyaluronic acid. And then our vibrator is actually one of our top selling items. So those are kind of our five top selling items, but we have right now we have 15 products. So I love so much about this story. And the first thing that I love is that you have taken 35 years of experience and doing things for other people. And you are now doing something for you. And you really have, you know, your experience has led to your why and your why is now helping so many other women, which is, I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's very different than putting someone else's product into target. Right. Right. No, it, it makes, I mean, we're so, we're so excited at the response because women are saying, you know, hallelujah, finally, someone's addressing this space. And I finally feel like I have a brand for me, especially as you go through this experience. It's such a big transition. And so, you know, we're trying to change the conversation around menopause, women's health, and we're getting an incredible response. So it's very fulfilling. I love talking to our customers because that's really the the most fulfilling, rewarding moment is really talking to our customers and hearing what they have to say. And, um, And so, you know, it's, I loved being in fashion, you know, creating fashion brands and, you know, you, you do make people feel better through fashion, but this is beyond that. This is, this is women's health and it's not just, yes, there's a beauty component, but it's really making women feel better. And, you know, that, that is very, very exciting and rewarding and important. So important. And you actually just said something that I was going to ask you, which, and this is my next thing that my next thing that I'm so excited about is you are changing the conversation. And when I think Mm -hmm. about like my mom's generation and like, just not even just about this, but just about everything. Like in my friends and I talk about this often, like our moms, like don't talk about things. Like no one talks about anything. There's no problems. Like, you know, it's they never went through menopause, wink, wink. Or, but they're just there. It's so not open. You know what I mean? And like, I, like I have such a, more open relationship with my daughters than like my mom had with me. And I just think it's generational. It wasn't anything she did wrong or I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I love my mom so much, but yeah. um, you know, I love that you're changing this conversation and not even just changing it. You're having the conversation, right? Right. Which is like a step in the right direction because, you know, most people don't, to your point, don't know. And I feel like you are setting up success for my generation. Right. Absolutely. You know, and we no. Thank you for saying that because that is such an important message um, that we want women in their 30s to even know about menopause. Be prepared, and as you know, don't wait until your 40s even. You know, because you're going to be thrown into perimenopause. I mean, the average age of perimenopause is 47, so it's super important to know. You know what to expect. It's a much more enjoyable experience. And it can be enjoyable. A lot of women feel um, 
a new kind of lease on life during the stage, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. And um, it's so important for women to be prepared because if you're prepared, you're going to just feel more comfortable and empowered going through this, this transition. So you talked a little bit about um, talking to your customers and, you know, that you have a brand and a, and a product and products and community that really rely on, on talking to your customers and them Mm -hmm. talking to each other. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of your content and like how the education component of what you're doing really feeds into the awareness play and getting your message out there? I mean, this is something I tell brands all the time that like, you have to have a content mission. You have to be communicating and talking and having those two-way conversations with your community. I don't even like saying the word audience. I like using the word community, but you have definitely a brand that is, I mean, this is imperative for your brand. So So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, we, we always said from the beginning, we're going to invest in experts. We're going to have, you know, expert interviews, uh, experts um, co-create content for us. And it's really like, we're really double downing on, on that piece because it's been so important and so popular. Um, So we have a relationship actually with the Mayo Clinic. We have Dr. Kapoor from the Women's Health Center that has been providing content for us. And she is just so knowledgeable about menopause and women's health. Um, Dr. Somi Javed is another uh, friend of our brand. She owns HerMD, which is a really, really great clinic and telemedicine solution for women, specifically around menopause. And a whole host of other experts. We brought in a happiness expert. We brought in a fitness expert, a nutritionist, um, all sorts of experts, because we really feel like it's important to, to really hear directly from their expertise, right? Of how, you know, how, you know, what are the symptoms? What are the solutions? What to expect? What to ask your doctor? How to demand, you know, better medical um, service as well. Medical advice. So there's just a whole host of issues that we're hearing from our customers that they want answers to. So we really lean on our experts. And then we really serve that content up through, you know, social media, through our blog on our site. Um, It's even worked for us to run ads with our content. Well, it's funny that you say that, you know, I, my next question was, you know, how are you talking to your customers and where are you finding them? Because like when I went through the whole, like the 10 years of bump club, the, yeah. the moms that I were, was talking to originally, it was me and there was no Facebook business pages when I started. And so I had to grow my business alongside social media, which meant I also had to learn how to do all the social media. Right, right. And all of a sudden the moms were in different places than they were when I first started. Yeah. But you are reaching someone who might be on, so it probably is on social media to some degree, but right. definitely not. The, the same way that generations after them are like right. your marketing on social media will change as Absolutely. time goes on because we are consuming things differently in our forties and thirties as women now in their late forties and fifties and past that. Right. 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 So it, I, that doesn't surprise me that you say ads work because a lot of these women still are reading the magazines that are right. around. Right. I mean, right. That, that right. probably plays a big role in you getting press in, printed publications, running ads on TV, right? 
So like, how are you finding your community? Yeah, well, we, we've tried many different things. And what seems to work right now is for this, you know, our average age customer is 51. Mm-hmm. So you're right, Lindsay, it's going to change as the millennials are aging into perimenopause. So we know that. But social media has been definitely um, a key way. You know, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok has done well for us. Um, so we're constantly experimenting in those spaces and, you know, we really do lean into education, but what we also lean into inspiration, you know, just making this woman feel better, feel like she's part of a community. Um, and again, opening up and having that conversation. Um, I would say the other, you know, we have a private Facebook group called the after party, Amazing. which has really been eff- effective. And we have a woman on our team Anne, who runs that Facebook group. She's super relatable and funny. And that's really working, you know, just because you need someone in this demo that women can feel like they can relate to. Yes. So that's, that's really been my whole business. Exactly. That's, that's really been working for us. Um, you said press, we, we have really made a concerted effort to be part of the dialogue around this. So you know, constantly pitching either local television. Um, there's a lot of, you know, television lifestyle shows that are in like 15 markets. We are pitching all of them. Um, printed magazines. You're right. Our woman still likes to touch a glossy magazine and read these articles. So she is online, but she she is still consuming traditional media. And over time, that will change. So the younger woman is definitely leaning more into social media, digital media, influencers. You know, we call them muses because influencers seem like kind of an outdated term. I mean, I these call are them influentials. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Like and these are women as, you know, someone who has, isn't just holding up product, but who has right. an expertise and who has built a, Absolutely. a following because they are an expert at something right. or they're really good at something or knowledgeable about something. Right. Yeah. And it's so important that, you know, we help them too. So it's a, it's a relationship that we're building with these influential women. It's interesting because I would surmise, I mean, this is going to happen. Like the way even that you communicate digitally is going to change over time. Because like, when I think of like, I mean, like my mom is in her seventies, but when I think of like women who are like my mom's age and even a little bit younger, like on Instagram, like my mom doesn't know to like search a hashtag. Do you know what I mean? But like coming up on this, on this time of my life, like I would know to go on Instagram and search a hashtag and then I would find you. So like even the process of how and what you share is going to shift. I'm like, really, I'm going to be so interested to see. Yeah. It's it's, play out. It's a marketing Harvard. We say it's like a Harvard business review case study. I mean, it's, well, it is as the life cycle changes. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's consumption Absolutely. habits. And so right. it's, right. it's really awesome. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm very intrigued by this. Um, I, you know, I, I, there's a couple things, a couple more things that I want to ask you, but, um, about the business first, but I also want to ask you about you. Like, have you ever had a break? <laughs> I really haven't. I know I'm looking forward to the day where maybe I won't stop working, but maybe I'll work part-time. <laughs> I mean, like, is, is, do you think that womanist is something that like you'll do? Like, do you think you'll do it forever? Do you think you'll sell it? Like, what are your goals for this brand? I mean, I think, I think there will be 
some desire for acquisition down the road. So of course, um, you know, I definitely have learned to, I call it leisure. So I'm in San Diego right now with my cousin. So this is like an example of leisure where it's right. business, like she and I are working until noon today, and then we're going to take the afternoon off. So it is important. I don't want your your audience, your fans to think that the only way to be successful is to work all the time. Cause I actually don't think that's true. I think it does take its toll and it is important to take time to, you know, take a few days off every year. Because I think too, it's, you're an example of someone who has built something to fit into your lifestyle, not someone who's getting up every morning to go fit into someone else's. Right. And, right. And, you know, that is, very important. And I do feel like we're at a pivotal moment in time where women can do this. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great way of saying it. So it doesn't always feel like work. Of course, the financials, you know, cash flow and all those things are feeling, they do feel like work, but like talking to our customer, oh my gosh, that's so fun. You know, it's just like being with girlfriends. So, so let's talk a little bit about the financials because the one question that I get a lot, like after the fact for my guests are you know, this brand started, they had this product, like how did they finance it? And yeah. that is really the number one question. So many entrepreneurs have, especially when it's um, a business that has actual product and overhead. Like I didn't have that. So right. my process was very different, but I would love for you to share some um, light on that process. Oh my gosh. Well, we, you know, we, Michelle and I really created the brand uh, pre-pandemic and then as soon as the pandemic hit is when we were going to go out and raise money. Isn't that <laughs> <Of course>. nice? <laughs> Isn't that nice? So um, before that, we did decide to self-fund the startup costs. So we knew that we had to invest in like all of the brand assets. We didn't have to do a photo shoot per se, but we had to create this incredible presentation that while retail, you know, retailers and investors, and that costs money. And we had to create a logo and we had legal costs. And we had, I mean, before you knew it, we were like, oh my gosh, $300,000 yeah. into this. And I remember saying to my husband, I have to pay this person, it's $10,000. And he was like, okay, that's great. He just kept saying, <laughs> keep going, keep going. And Michelle's husband said the same thing. If we didn't have that support, it would have been impossible. Yeah. Because it was so scary. Yes. You know, so we had no idea if this was, too. yeah. But and they believed in you and you, and yeah, they believed both in Both husbands you were- did. So we were really lucky. And our parents too. Michelle's mom and my dad were the first two investors. So. I, but that's <laughs> it's amazing. Cute. It's a cute story. So, um, you know, and, and it's, it was, it was hard. It was hard. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, at that point we knew, we knew that there was some retail interest, you know, we knew that we had to start going into product testing. So that's, gets very expensive, right? All that third-party certification, all of that is thousands and thousands of dollars, especially for 13 products that we launched with. Um, So we started pitching investors, you know, in March and, we had some initial interest, but then the world really shut down. And so the advice that we got was maybe take a break from, you know, even delay your launch. So we did 
delay it a little bit, but we, we also said, no, we have to launch this in 2021. And, you know, we just stuck by our guns, so to speak. And then in May and June, I think the world started opening up a little bit confidence. You know, I think, I think retailers were pretty shocked that the consumer was still shopping. She was just shopping online or she was doing pickup. Curbside. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the investor community started feeling like they could kind of go back to some of those conversations that were happening. So Unilever was one of our first investors to really lock in, which was really great. So once we had Unilever, then we were able to get, you know, our, our next biggest investor and, and, um, and it just, it just kind of fell into place, but it, it happened, all took place much later than we wanted. And it was very stressful because we had to buy inventory before we had the money in the bank. So what we did is we did a safe note and we were able to get about a million dollars in like smaller investors lined up that were able to give us the cash first. I mean, all the terms were approved and then we were able to get the bigger investors done like October of that year, the next year, 2021. You know, and it's no, interesting. I'm trying to remember all the dates. I know it's, everything's so October foggy. 2020. Yeah, but it, it was crazy. But you we know, did sell fun and we it, wanted to sell fun. We wanted to be able to say, you know, we, we believe in this so much that we put our own money behind it. Well, but the other thing you said is you said like everything falls into place and it's not like it just fell into place overnight. And I'm glad that you shared no. that story, but it fell into place because you have something that is so needed and you right, knew that right. and you believed in it yeah. and you stood by it. And clearly it is, you know, and right. I think, you know, I'm not in this right now, but like you are revolutionizing the way this is occurring for women. And I, I mean, you're going to be around for a long time because of that. Like yeah. women, my age, women, even like a little older than me, we talk about things like all the time. And like, especially with social media now, everyone's so public about what they're going through. I mean, so this is only going to get bigger over time. We agree. Yeah, we think so. This is not, and and to your point earlier in the conversation, you talked about all those products that were like developed by men and surely they were. And like those products are probably not even going to be around because consumers are so like, they see through this stuff now. Right, right. Yeah. You know, which is, um, um, tell me what was going through your mind when you left target. And I think like, you know, a lot of people ask me all the time, like what, like what was going through your head when you made that decision to leave? And like, that was really your first big decision. And like, had yeah. you not done that, you probably wouldn't be here where you are today. So, right, right. you know, like, how did you get yourself to that point? And how did you know that like, it was going to be okay? Such a good question. I mean, I thought about leaving Target for a year before I did. It was just such a hard decision because it was such a great, such a great company. As we all know, we all love Target and it was a great employer. Um, But I I felt like maybe because of my age, I thought if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. So I just, I really put a timeline at the deadline to make that decision. So, um, so that was the first big decision that I had. And then the second decision, like after, you know, I started the business, I did think, oh my gosh, did I not, I didn't have any regrets, but I thought, did I make the right decision? This is, but I started really getting excited about all the people I was meeting. I was able to get a few clients right away. 
And I was, one of my clients was sending me over to London to meet with Tesco. And that was super exciting to meet with another retailer yeah. in the world. And I'd sit across these, this table from these British merchants. And I thought, I feel like I'm back at Target. Although they're not as good of merchants as the Target merchants, <laughs> but Tesco they were has all- a wild story though. And they're it, like, I did some um, work in grad school, like on, oh, did on you? Tesco yeah. case studies and like, they have great- It was, yeah. It was interesting, but- um, you know, and I think they liked working with me because I could speak their language. Mm -hmm. So I, it got, you know, it got more exciting, but at, at the beginning I thought oh, I'm sitting in my home office. I mean, this is back, right. I had no, I didn't want to spend money on an office right. in Minneapolis. So it just, I still can't believe I did it because it was such a change to go. Well, I'm from so glad that you did corporate. Thank you to go from this big corporate machine to my own business. And just even like, how do I get my accounting done? How do I fix my tech issues? I had someone to do all of that for me at Target. Right. So it's a really big adjustment. And, you know, but, but I'm glad, you know, one, you yeah, think? yeah, it was, it was great. And, you know, made me, it made me also better at doing the work because you, in these big jobs, you end up just directing the work and you forget how is the work actually done? I was, I was really shocked. And now I have to actually write a deck. I actually have to like type it into PowerPoint instead of someone on my team, you know, doing all the work yeah. for me. So it's totally um, different, but totally worthwhile. No, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. It's, but you have to be ready mentally for that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share three tips that you would give someone who wants to start a business or who has an idea, what would you tell them? Well, it's never too late. There's, you know, it's never too late to start your own business. I, you know, I think there's so much opportunity um, in this aging population. There's so many white spaces. So, you know, find, find a white space, you know, or something that's underserved in the market, make sure that you're, Business is really covering that need, but it's never too late. I don't want anyone to feel discouraged because they're, you know, turning 50 for God's sake, or, you know, 60 even. Um, and then lean on your network. I always say that because there's so many people that help me along the way. And I think it's really important to not feel like you're going out about this on your own, that you really can lean on your network. And you'd be surprised at the people that really do want to come out and help and give you advice. So, um, you know, and be prepared to probably put a little bit of your own money into it. You know, maybe, maybe you don't have to, but I think it, it makes it feel a little bit more like you have skin in the game. So such good advice. So where can our listeners find womanist? Okay. Womanist.com is our main website. My womanist is our our social handles on Instagram and um, Facebook. We're on TikTok as well. Um, and then select Target stores, target.com. We're also on amazon.com. And soon we'll announce another retailer. So, and GNC. Just, we just launched um, some of our supplements um, on GNC, at GNC this week. So congratulations. We're, we're, we're you know, we want to be where our customer is shopping. We know she's shopping at Target. 
and um, she loves to shop there. So we're really trying to be where she is and, you know, service her, service her needs. Sally thank Miller, co-founder co of Womanist, thank you so much for being here Thanks, and for Lindsay. sharing your story because it's amazing. And I'm so excited to oh, share it with you. the world. Thank you. Of course. How inspiring and amazing is Sally? I feel so lucky to have been given the opportunity to share her story with you today on Dear Founder. We can all learn something from her knowledge, her wisdom, and her many years of experience. So get out your pen and paper. Let's talk about her amazing takeaways. Number one, find a topic you wanna to change the conversation around, especially as it pertains to you and your life. This is how you show up and start to connect with your customers and your community. Number two, utilize experts to enhance your position and your expertise among your community. Use these experts to build your trust, your authority, and your position as the brand for your space. Number three, know your customer and their average age and change with your customer as they change, especially if you're a life, stage, a life stage brand. You're going to change direction and you're going to want to meet your customer where they are. Number four, lean into education and also inspiration. Make your customer feel like they're a part of a community. Number five, utilize Facebook groups, especially if your community is there demographically. Number six, find a face for your brand, someone in the demo who is relatable. Number seven, be a part of the dialogue surrounding your community and the problem that you hope to solve. Number eight, my favorite, embrace what Sally calls leisure, combination of business and leisure. Make sure you take time for both. You cannot work all the time and you don't have to work all the time to be successful. It certainly takes its toll and it's important for you to take care of yourself. Number nine, build something to fit into your lifestyle. Number 10, going from corporate to your own business is a big adjustment. It makes you better at doing the work. Number 11, it's never too late to start your own business. Number 12, lean on your network. You cannot feel like you're going about it on your own and you'll be surprised by the people who want to come out and give you advice. Number 13, be prepared to put some of your own money into it. It makes you feel like you have more skin in the game. Thank you so much for joining me and Sally right here today on Dear Founder. I'm so excited and inspired by Sally's story, and I'm really glad that you were able to hear it as well. Please make sure that you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram, and you can also head over to lindsaypinchuk.com to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting, growing, scaling, and sometimes selling a business. We have some amazing guests coming up. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Sally or who has an idea, text them this episode, post it on Instagram, tag me. I'll make sure to reshare those to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs>